Self-regulation will always be a challenge, but if somebody's going to be in charge, it might as well be me, Daniel Aixt. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we bridge the gap between theory and practice with strategies, tools, and ideas we can all use immediately, applied to the most current brain research, to heighten our productivity in our schools, our sports environments, and modern workplaces. For returning guests, welcome back. And for those of you who are new listeners, I'm Andrea Samadhi and launched this podcast almost four years ago to share how important an understanding of our brain is for our everyday life and results. This season, season nine, will be focused on neuroscience going back to the basics as we revisit our past Brain Fact Fridays, narrowing in on how anything new from the field of neuroscience can be tied to improving our productivity and our results, our mental and physical health. So why are we going back to the basics? When we're building something worthwhile, something we want to last, Going back to the foundations will help us to strengthen our understanding of our brain and our mind to our results, providing us with that extra strength we'll need to overcome the obstacles and challenges that will come our way. My hopes are that this step backwards will help us to become better prepared to move forward towards our goals or whatever it is we're working on this year with this strong foundation in place. Today's episode, number 273, we're going back to our second Brain Fact Friday, episode 112, that we released in March of 2021 on training your brain to self-regulate automatic negative thoughts and emotions. We looked at our recent interview on this episode with my good friend Horacio Sanchez from episode 111 on finding solutions to the poverty problem. Horacio Sanchez said, Did you know that when we engage in inner speech, all the mechanisms of outer speech and the auditory process activate in the brain? Therefore, what we say to ourselves is just like hearing it said by someone else to us. So he said it was important to inform our students and ourselves that inner speech can build them up or destroy them. I actually brought up the damaging effects of automatic negative thinking on one of our earlier episodes, number 14, on self-regulation. This skill of managing our thoughts, emotions, and behavior comes from the competency of self-regulation, which is one of the six social-emotional learning competencies that we cover in the beginning episodes of this podcast to set the foundation for what I envisioned with the content we'd be covering here. It's these six pillars that I saw as the foundation for us to build upon and improve at the heart of the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. So what is self-regulation and why is it so important to be able to manage those negative thoughts, our emotions, and even our behaviors? Self-regulation is the ability to manage your emotions and behavior in accordance with the demands of the situation. It includes being able to resist highly emotional reactions to upsetting stimuli, to calm yourself down when you get upset, adjust to a change in expectations, 
and the ability to handle frustration. In other words, it's the ability to bounce back after a setback or disappointment and the ability to stay in congruence with your inner value system. On episode 111, I gave some examples of how we could teach self-regulation to our children and students and even gave some important thoughts on why it's an important skill to master in the workplace. You can go back to this episode if you want to review these tips by clicking on the link in the show notes. But for today's episode, almost three years later, I wonder how good am I at self-regulation and have I improved this skill over these years? Since this is a how-to podcast where I want to provide tips for all of us to use and implement immediately, backed by the most current neuroscience research, I thought I would check in with what Stanford professor and neuroscientist Dr. Andrew Huberman would say about self-regulation. I'm probably going to reflect back to his work or anyone else who can explain how to implement the concepts I'm trying to reinforce on this podcast or anyone who can help me to explain the details of science in a way that we can all understand and apply it. So far, I found Dr. Daniel Amen, who I've talked about often on this podcast, with his idea of controlling our automatic negative thoughts, and we'll also look at Dr. Andrew Huberman's work to see what he'll say about self-regulation. So what does Dr. Daniel Amen say about controlling those automatic negative thoughts that we have? What I love about Dr. Daniel Amen's work is that he explains why eliminating negative thoughts is so important. Did you know that every time your brain has a thought, it releases chemicals? Every time you have a sad, hopeless, mad, cranky, unkind, judgmental, or helplessness thought, your brain immediately releases chemicals that make your body feel awful. He goes on to explain the physiological effects of negative thinking, saying your hands get cold and wet, your muscles get tense, your heart beats faster, and your breathing becomes shallower. And all of the activity in your frontal and temporal lobes decreases, which negatively affects your judgment, learning, and memory. So what can we do to avoid this pitfall of making ourselves feel rotten? Dr. Amen suggests that we work on disciplining the mind to get rid of these automatic negative thoughts to keep ourselves in a healthier frame of mind. On our last episode where we covered self-regulation, we talked about an effective strategy used in cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's of saying the word switch in your head as you focus on switching the negative emotion that you feel to something more positive. This takes some practice, that's for sure, and I've always used the strategy of saying stop instead of switch when this happens, and I try and change the thought pattern in my head to something more productive or positive. Also remembering the idea of responding to situations with questions that dig a bit deeper so we can learn more instead of reacting with emotion or jumping to a conclusion or an incorrect assumption. This is always a better solution. So let's now dive deeper here and see what Dr. Andrew Huberman would say about self-regulation. Dr. Huberman reminds us why self-regulation is important, and he says that knowledge of knowledge can actually help you to intervene, which is why we're doing this podcast and breaking down the science so we can all use it to improve our lives. 
and he discusses why self-regulation with our behaviors is important. He notes a question to ask ourselves. When I'm thinking that I'm feeling low, that nothing feels good, am I depressed? Maybe, he says. Or maybe you've saturated the dopamine circuits and you're now in the pain part of things. What do you do, he says? You've got to stop. You need to replenish dopamine. You need to stop engaging in the behavior, whatever it is you're doing that you noticed lost something for you, and then the pleasure will come back. But you have to constantly control the hinge. Make sure that hinge doesn't get stuck in the pain or in the pleasure side. And we covered this concept in depth with our interview with Dr. Anna Lemke and her book, Dopamine Nation, on episode 162, where she dove deep with us on how we're constantly trying to distract ourselves from that present moment to be entertained and that we're all running from pain. We'll do almost anything to distract ourselves from ourselves and that we've lost the ability to tolerate even minor forms of discomfort. So here's what I notice about my inability to tolerate even mild forms of discomfort, as Dr. Lemke was saying. Let's take when I'm writing these episodes. I wake up early, I go to my desk, and I'm ready to get back to the notes that I've gathered over the week with all those ideas and research, and now I need to put them into one place for this episode. It's not as mentally challenging as when I first wrote the episode, because I've already got some ideas and concepts to go with. But while I'm writing, the minute I get stuck on whatever I want to say next, I'll get up and do something to distract myself and come back after a few minutes. And here I wonder, is there a better, more effective science-backed solution for me to use when I've hit a wall and need a break? Dr. Andrew Huberman explained it beautifully on Mayam Bialik's podcast, And a side note, do you remember her? She's an American actress who was on the NBC sitcom Blossom. She went on to study in the field of neuroscience, crossing paths with Dr. Huberman along the way. And on the episode I'm quoting here that she did with Dr. Huberman, he describes an activity he uses for stress reduction that we can all use to self-regulate when we need it. So how can we self-regulate our brain in less than a minute? I loved this episode with Dr. Uberman and Mayim, as she talks about him as being the smartest human being on the planet, and he talks about her remembering when she was interviewing for graduate school, and he didn't miss a detail. There's an obvious respect that each one has for the other. On this episode with Mayim, Dr. Huberman shares a quick and easy activity that we can all do to calm us down in less than a minute. He says, do a double inhale through your nose, one longer inhale, and then sneak in a quick second inhale, which reinflates the sacs in your lungs, and then do a full long exhale to empty out all the air in your lungs. This, he says, naturally activates the neural circuits in the brain and body that shift that seesaw from sympathetic, alertness and stress, to parasympathetic, which is calm. It looks or it sounds just like this. And this, Dr. Huberman says, will help us to return to a calm state. While I was reflecting back to our first episode on self-regulation, we did talk about a couple of examples to say stop or switch, to stop those negative thoughts from ruminating in our head. But this breathing activity, I think it's something that I'm going to do moving forward.
So what about self-regulating our behaviors? Now that I think that we've got a solid strategy we can use right away to calm ourselves down when we need to, what else can we use to train our brain to self-regulate? This next one I learned from a podcast episode from Jessica Stillman's Inc. Magazine's article where she picks Dr. Huberman as a resource for this strategy. You can also watch an incredible interview with Shane Parrish and Dr. Huberman on this concept. I've put the link in the show notes. The important part to understand here is that our basal ganglia is vitally important for controlling our thoughts and actions. And Dr. Huberman teaches us that there are two main circuits that are both regulated by dopamine. Some of the circuits are involved in the go function, where we lean into our work. It's action-oriented. And the other one is the no-go, and it involves certain neurotransmitters like dopamine to suppress behavior. He gives some examples reminding us as adults that most of the time we're operating with the go circuits, waking up, making our bed, getting ready, we go to work. But think of our kids and many of the circuits that they use are involved with the no-go circuits, like when we tell our kids, sit still, don't do that. And it's not easy for them to do this. This is the research behind the whole marshmallow experiment that I reenacted with my kids years ago, proving how important this skill is for our students' future success. So I wondered, how can we all improve this no-go circuit in our brain? Here's a second activity to try. How to train your brain to control your impulses and self-control. This is what Dr. Huberman does to intentionally train his brain to become stronger, keeping his impulses under control. He intentionally plans 20 to 30 no-go activities a day to strengthen this circuit in his brain. He says the things you choose would be specific to you. And one thing that we both relate to is when we're working in a block of time and get stuck, I've got this impulse like Dr. Huberman to look at my phone or get up and do something, anything that will take me away from where I'm stuck. He suggests instead of doing this, stay there for a minute longer and see if you can get past the block. This will be strengthening my no-go circuit and help me to reach those higher levels of productivity. He mentions another example of how many of us find it difficult to sit and meditate. I remember the first time doing this, and I really struggled because I could hear my kids running around, and I wanted to get up and tell them to be quiet. This was because my go circuits were stronger than my no-go. What's interesting, and you'll have to monitor this one over time for you, because meditation and blocking out the world gets easier with time. So if I want to keep strengthening my no-go circuits, I've got to look at 20 to 30 things to do to replicate what Dr. Huberman's strategy was. And I want to do these things every day, or not do them as he suggests, or at least not do things right away. Can you think of 20 to 30 things that you'll suppress to strengthen your no-go circuit. I found it difficult to start right off the bat with 20 to 30 things that I'm going to stop doing. So I'm just going to start with four ideas. The first one is to not eat the thing that I was going to eat. The second thing, don't get up from working when things get difficult. The third thing, I'm going to change a workout and don't do it the same way that I always do it. And the fourth thing is not going to pick up my phone when I'm working to look at it. 
Whatever you habitually do, just try doing it differently, and it will feel strange at first until you strengthen this part of your brain that Dr. Huberman says is like keeping the blade sharp on both sides. You're strengthening the get-up-and-go action side of your brain, as well as the don't-go, the the leave-the-phone-alone side. To review and conclude this week's Brain Fact Friday, we took a deeper dive into episode 112 on training your brain to self-regulate automatic negative thoughts and emotions with some tips from Dr. Daniel Amen on how to stop those automatic negative thoughts from making ourselves feeling rotten and disciplining our mind to stay in the positive. Then we went to Dr. Andrew Huberman's research with two strategies for calming our mind in one minute with that breathing exercise and the idea of strengthening our no-go circuits by suppressing or at least delaying certain actions in our day. I hope you find these strategies to be helpful for improving your day-to-day work and personal life and that we can all use the science behind these strategies to strengthen our brain and results. I have to say I did use the breathing strategy before recording this episode and I plan on carving out some no-go activities within my day today. I'd love to know what you think of this episode. With that, I'll see you next week while we'll look at what's new for building a faster, stronger, more resilient brain. I'll see you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 